All right, let's get this reading meeting, short story meeting, New Year's meeting into session. So just for an explanation for everyone confused as to why I'm not making either Autism in Writing Part 2 or 2023 Achievements, um, I have not been feeling the best over the past week, week and a half. So I've been unable to have a laptop on my stomach while writing or sit up for a long period of time in order to write, record, edit, and all that stuff. And even right now, me feeling slightly better but not the best, I am still unable to speed through an episode or even record at my desk or even with a laptop on my stomach. So I am currently laying in bed with a desk table thing on top of me um, and my laptop on top of that. And I will be reading a short story that will be part of my collection of short stories uh, 2023. Which will come out sometime in February, most likely February 1st. So you guys can look forward to that. And the short story I will be reading is the last short story in the collection. And it is called Disciple 2, A Shrouded Persona Short Story. Alright, let's get into it. Today's the day. The day of my first ever solo mission. After nine whole years of hardened training, sensory enlightenment, and leadership coordination, I'm finally allowed to travel and finish a job all on my own. Sadly, I'm not the youngest to have ever been allowed to do so, but compared to the kids at my day school, I should still be quite proud, I guess. Olea, the underwater nation, high-tech, rich, mostly snobby. I have a lot to work on within the next eight hours till I depart. Especially when it comes to trying to fit in. So best to start doing my research now. I have the whole weekend, till Sunday night, to be able to finish whatever tasks that will be assigned to me. Sadly, I have to get through this field trip first. Luckily, it involves swimming, so I can get some practice with deep diving. My skinny body has always made it difficult to get very deep, usually resulting me in just bouncing back up. So this time will be good for me as long as I'm not forced to work with any of these hooligans or do set swimming practices. Hopefully the pool with any hopefully the pool is big enough for me to get to my own lane, or at least a section in the deep end to practice. But alas, it's still a trip with 60 76 other kids and a whole nother school. So chances are slim that I'll even have enough space to breathe. But no matter. I can work my way around it and find a way to practice, I always do. Until then, I have to get through this awful carriage ride. We've been assigned as 8 kids a carriage when it only seats 4, maximum, and I'm currently stuck between a boy who hasn't showered since first snowfall, it's practically spring, and a girl who won't stop scream laughing in my ear whenever her crush says something funny. In reality, she only acts kind towards that blonde hair, blue-eyed imbecile because his birthday is coming up and his family is known for making some of the best homemade cake. I've never got to try it before. It had been brought to school to share at the class a few times, but someone would always either take mine or just refuse to give me, a, give me one altogether. But no matter, sugar's a drug and I have no intentions to become an overweight addict. 
Throughout the hour-long ride, I was spoken to twice and spoken about more than 17 times. None of which were positive. But I don't care. Being naive and wanting friends is for weaklings, and I have no intention of dying before my first ever solo mission. I will not cry if these people die gruesome deaths that I could have prevented either. Humans are horrible creatures, and it's quite possible that even the habitants of Colsent or Sortirid are practically monsters in and of themselves. Alright everyone, file out in a line of pairs. My morning teacher, Mrs. Pritchard, calls out in front of the doors to the massive, primarily windowed building in front of us. It's shocking, really, that a single company, let alone a person, could afford to build and maintain something like this. All that water, now filled with chemicals and undrinkable, just sitting in there, being filled to the brim on a daily basis with a bunch of disgusting, unhygienic, grotesque kids. I have a choice now. The unshowered ping, pig or the louder, louder than a fire alarm girl. One risking my sense of smell, the other my hearing. Honestly, I'd rather not I'd rather not breathe through my nose for the next few minutes than end up with hearing issues before my mission. Pig it is. I choose to remain I choose to tune out all of the chatter, letting it flow to the back of my mind and remain there until there's some information I may need. Luckily, it doesn't take very long till we are all in our gender-designated locker rooms, with soaking wet floors and mud left, right, and center. For some reason, there's even mud in the lockers. But what can you expect? It's a farming nation, with dry dirt everywhere. So if you toss in a huge-ass pool, then you can expect there to be only mud wherever the eye can see. And more. Sadly, there are only about 50 lockers available, so not nearly enough for all of us. Instead, I was offered to leave my bag in one of the instructor's offices, and I jumped at it. I don't trust these people. Plenty of things get taken out of unattended bags on a regular basis. We're supposed to shower up before going into the pool, but I don't want to. Among many other girls. So we all go straight to the bleachers completely dry. The boys all stare at us, due to some of us being in two pieces or bikinis. But I ignore them. A few of the girls are nervous or shy, and I get the temptation to motivate and encourage them, but when, but then I choose to think better of it. I've done it before, it did not go well. However, somehow out of, out of all the girls here, I'm the only one who, I'm the only one out of the few who are completely unshaven, and despite not having to worry about being cold, I do, however, need to worry about being stared at and picked on by all the hideous, smelly, unfathomable boys. I tune out their jabs and insults out though, the, instead calculating the pH of the water or the depth of the water pressure and how I could expect it to affect my ears and eyes at the bottom of the pool. I'm not allowed to shave, not until I'm 13 and have to go on more dangerous missions, ones where I can't risk leaving my DNA behind. For now, my school doesn't want us thinking about our bodies other than stamina, strength, speed, basically things that actually help during missions and jobs. The pool is quite large, eight lanes, can probably fit two and a half kids per lane width, and it gets deeper the further you get. There aren't any high diving boards, but instead just one diving board right above the water and a few blocks used for speed diving in every other lane. 
by the looks of it, the water only goes down to 30 feet deep. Not the best, but still good for practicing, I guess. There is a second pool room in the back. Judging by the steam in the corners of the windows, it must be a hot tub of sorts. It has nets up inside as well, so it must be used to, to promote sport play. I don't think I've ever been in a hot tub before. Probably when I was a baby and was being given radical thermal training, but that was about it. After a long while, four tall, dark-haired women in brown one-pieces come and stand in front of us, placing their fingers on their lips to signal us to be quiet. The, si the tallest one, a dark-skinned woman, goes first. Good morning, our young swimmers. We will be your instructors for today. My name is Natalie Grass, but you will call me Na Miss Grass. Now, due to you all being of the same swimming level, we will instead be separating by height, starting with the tallest. So everyone, please line up around the pool from tallest to shortest, with the tallest being by me and shortest being by my colleague on the other end named Miss Grown. Chop chop. At an instant, everyone gets up and rushes to where they believe they belong. However, even though throughout the entire school it's known that I'm the tallest, many kids still try and line up in front of Miss Grass, to which she instantly sees me above all of their heads, gives them serious looks, and silently points them to line up properly. It's awkward, while well, we wait for everyone to finish lining up around the pool, especially since we also had to wait for all the instructors to finish their hush discussion on how many kids will go to which group. It appears that the second school is taking a while to arrive, which for now is good for me, since it means more time to practice than wait. After another long while, the groups are all finally decided, and we are all taken to different parts of the pool, the shortest group of which is going straight to the hot tub. Looks like we're all going to the hot tub se separately. My group is taken to the deep end of the pool, though. Sadly, due to all of us being at such a low level, we are all forced to wear life jackets. Damn it. How am I supposed to practice my diving and prepare my ears for the pressure if I can hardly even get past the surface of the water? I guess I could work on my strength in terms of getting through the buoyancy of the jacket. Yeah, that could work. It didn't work. I tried to get deep down, but each and every time the woman dove in and tried to save me. Due to assuming I was drowning. After my eighth attempt, I was forced to get dressed and sit on the bleachers. Didn't even get to use the hot tub, and my group was sent in the moment I had gotten back from the locker room. They looked like they were having fun, but I doubt I would have enjoyed it. Being stuck in a small back room, room encased in glass with people playing volleyball in boiling hot water? Pass. At least I had been able to spend the remaining hour and a half here watching the woman show the others how to dive and swim fast as well as good breath, good breathing techniques. I would have preferred to practice them in water, but I'll take what I can get and practice breathing on land. I was the first to be sent into the carriage due to being dressed already, though sadly that also means I was stuck with one of, the teacher, one of my teachers, and she was not happy. She would just not stop complaining about how stupid, lazy, and embarrassing of a child I am. I swear, you might as well just rip off all your clothes and beg on your knees for the attention of all the boys around you. She grumbles through tense teeth with a fierce glare. 
You damn kids nowadays. Always just begging for attention by flailing your damn pussies left and right. Crying desert. Ah, projecting. Poor Miss Lind. She didn't ask to be completely cut off by your daughter's lives. But she did, however, deserve it. Practically begged for it. And quite literally with her pussy out for her daughter's boyfriends. It's a long ride back to the old, dusty, straw-like school. The entirety of it being spent with Miss L lecturing us all on sex and how useless and immature we all are. If I cared, then I'd definitely feel bad for the boys. After the 15th pussy, they started to get uncomfortable. And that's when she began sexualizing them. Stepping off of that carriage felt similar to escaping a gas chamber and taking my first few actual breaths of air. But now, I must focus on my mission. Starting off with getting through the next hour of school. Which I don't have to get through, because I refuse to stick around for the rest of the day. One hour or not. I don't care if there's a pizza party waiting for me in there. I refuse to go in and just take it as everyone picks on me and tries to fight me because they're all riled up. First breath. Second breath. For third breath. And I take off. Heel to toe, heel to toe. Dust kicking up behind me and each in to exhale being tracked to ensure stability. Arms swaying to keep up with the rhythm. Faster. I need to go faster. Faster than the ships of Olea, faster than their steeds, faster than their Olympians. I need to go faster, but I'm back at my shack before I can manage the record. 25 minutes. Depressing. I managed 19 just two weeks ago. I'll need to try harder, but not now. Now I need to rest and save my energy for my trip to Olea. How long is it till school starts? About three to four hours? Okay, yeah, that's enough time to pack and head over. And then after my first class, I should expect to be called out for my mission. My classmates are going to be so jealous. Though, the ones who's gone before me are going to be so stuck up. Whatever. I can't be thinking about that. My shack. Brown, hints of silver from chip paint, and made entirely of what would assume as thick tinfoil, stands before me. With a cracked window, broken wood door slightly ajar, and a sandy pathway leading up, stomped down and begging for fresh rain. Me too, pathway. Me too. The rocks knock against each other as I make my way up to the front, not bothering to knock. Nobody's waiting for me inside. Nobody ever will be waiting for me inside. Nobody has ever waited for me inside. The door creaks open and screams as I nudge it off its hinges catching it just before it tumbles and squeezing past as I push it against its foil frame once again. Four hours. That's the amount of time I have until it's time for my night school. That's the amount of time I have until it's time for my mission. My first ever solo mission. I have to take every second available to me to prepare. To start, potions. I don't have much available to me, at least with the way the environment has been lately. But I still have little things that improve stamina, weight loss, and even one that can make me slightly transparent. Useless. That's what I am. Utterly useless. No. I can't start down talking myself now. I've come this far, so clearly I must be capable of something. But no matter. 
I still need to figure out something to do to help me prepare, even if I have to take a run to the library to look up potions. Damn it. I should have paid more attention to my geography and potion classes. Well, more of all my classes. But right now, those are the primary ones that would be of use to me. Come on. Think. 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 Gazing around the entirety of my shack, one vital task comes to mind. I know. Disciple 2. Please make your way to dispatch room A7E for your upcoming mission to Olea. The speakers roar throughout my classroom. They were quick to send me off. Perhaps it's because it, it is a, this is a four-day job, and I only have three days to complete it. But luckily, I was able to get through roll call before being sent away. The class watches with silent, blank stares, portraying nothing of their inner thoughts, of their opinions. But I know what each and every one of them think. Each had shown their feelings upon the first reveal of my mission. The ones ahead of me want to laugh and mock me for being after them. The ones who have not yet been chosen wish to take me out as some sort of overrated competitor. But now I at least don't need to worry about them attempting to remove me from the school's records. The only focus now is succeeding in whatever task I'm about to receive. The hallways are long, tall, and polished to perfection, seeming to go on with no end in sight. There is a drinking fountain, with an electrolyte and vitamin dispenser on the right corner of the wall. I'm about to pass. A smudge of blood on its sensor, likely an older student that had finished combat class. There are no decorations on the walls, no colors in sight other than the blood stains. Everything is white and cold and silent. Even my footsteps fail to make a noise. My heart is in my throat and thumping as I breathe focusing on remaining practically invisible. There's no need for me to do this, to hide my presence and be so anxious, but it's good practice, to prove to myself what it is that I am capable of, and to distract myself from the anxiety resulting from my upcoming task. Some sort of cleaning solution, possibly sodium hypochlorites. That's what the next four hallways smell like, they're for the older kids, 14 to 16, so it is likely so it likely needs to be cleaned far more frequently. I remember smelling the cleaning solution at my school once. It smelled like lemons and was so relaxing. I wish I had spending onions. That way I could get a bottle of the solution for myself and just spend my downtime smelling it. But that would never be allowed due to the risk of it killing my brain cells. The dispatch rooms are labeled with sheets of metal, just above each door. A1, A2, A3. I mumble to myself, reading out each of the numbers as I search for mine. AE, AF, AG. Millions of dispatch rooms, and with each door, I get closer to where I'm supposed to end up. A7C, A7D. I've arrived. A7E. Before I get the chance to knock or scan my prints, the door shoots up and I'm met face to face with a tall looking man boy. His hair is long, dark brown, but tied up into braids that make their way down the back of his head. His skin is dark, possibly from rap art. He has the glossy eyes that typically come from growing up there. Or perhaps he just goes there frequently for missions. There are bags under his eyes, deep and soulless. 
Like he hadn't slept in weeks or had just watched a loved one die. But that's impossible. Loved ones are forbidden. There's a smidge of facial hair on him, but his face is also round like a healthy baby. An offsetting combination. He marches past me before I get a good look at his build and clothing, not bothering to even acknowledge me before setting off down the long, white hallways where I'd just come. Ah, Disciple 2! You finally made it. I turn back towards the door to see a tall, lanky man in a white lab coat and thick, difficult-to-see-through glasses. I scan his name tag. 9803527 I believe the 9 and 7 beginning and endings typically mean child experimentation scientists, but at the same time, the amount of numbers also matter. Just can't remember if it's supposed to be 7 or 8 total numbers. But even then, why is an experimentation scientist all the way out here anyway? Is he here for me or that other kid? Come in and take a seat. I'll call him the leader meant to give you the rundown. He waves me inside and I follow him down the dark hallway until we finally make it to a large room with a jet and a submarine on the far side and an office on the other. It's decently dark in here, but not so bad that I struggle to see where I'm going. He leads me to the office and holds the door open for me, gesturing for me to take a seat at the large round table in the center. He then shuts and locks the door and I watch him on the cameras on the TV in the corner of the room as he makes a call and heads out, uh, out, heads out on his way. The office is large but not overwhelming. The walls are completely white. There's a desk with a thermal chair and two monitors in a corner, covered in papers and files. A black bookshelf just next to the doorway with books that must have thousands of pages each. The TV is just above the desk. In the corner, in the corner opposite to the desk is a water fountain with a spout with some sort of focusing potion. And then the center of the room has a large, dark brown round table with ten office chairs going all, going all around it, each neatly pushed in and out of the way. I don't bother in continuing to look around after the initial scan. Instead, I just stay put, watching the cameras up in the corner as a woman in a white lab coat with her hair tied up into a messy bun comes rushing over to the office carrying a file. The door opens with a hurry and she comes rushing in, moving to take the seat across from me. Sorry, sorry, so sorry, things have just been a mess ever since the new import and export laws. I tell you, I haven't gotten even an hour of sleep in total for the past week due to having to research all the loopholes. She places the file down and takes a seat, then opens it up and begins skimming through it. Ah, Disciple 2, she says with a deep breath and an upbeat smile. She looks much younger when she smiles, perhaps her late 20s. I see here that you have a mission in Olia for this weekend. First ever solo one. Congratulations! I don't bother smiling. Instead, I re instead remaining silent and professional. Well, it appears here that this mission is mostly a bounty hunting kind of job. Shit. I've never been that good at actively tracking people down. I'd always just piggybacked off my groupmate's experience. And I guarantee with the job being so long, I'll have little to nothing to go off of as well. 
Maybe I'm not ready for a solo mission just yet. Maybe I should just find a way to get out of this and instead take my time to build up wherever I may be lacking. And it says here that your compatibility with this job is actually 100%. She takes a few papers out of her pile and passes them over to me. That's actually pretty amazing. It's not as rare nowadays, but back when I was your age, complete matches were basically a once-in-a-blue-moon occurrence. She pauses for a moment and laughs to herself. Wow, that just made me sound so old. And I'm only 47. 40 what now? I thought she was in her 20s! But then again, now that I'm taking a closer look, there are quite a lot of wrinkles on her face and hands. Alright. So basically, you'll be taken to Olia's main port at Shinshul. We've decided that hiding in plain sight would be best for this job. However, we don't want you to stick out like a sore thumb, so you'll be given a pair of clothes in their color, which will be burned when you are on your way back. Some will be good for stealth, others for just blending in. I read through the, the papers. I read through the papers. My profile, locations, tips, and people, and so on. Your target is a middle-aged man named Olympic, Senyo Kim. He is a notorious child murderer and kidnapper. However, even then, nobody has been able to spot him. We are not certain, but have suspicions that he is white, as white as snow, with either silver, ginger, or black hair, and is below the average height for men in that area, so closest to you, perhaps shorter. She then hands me a few pictures of the possible appearance of the man. Though, due to no other features being known of it, it is instead some blank faces with different colors and styles of hair. No other details are known at this time. Locations have varied. Hell, we can't even understand what his general, general goals are for targets, general goals for targets are, other than that they are children. Not even an age range. Sadly, I flip through the pages, memorizing the information on them. I'll be taken to an inn upon my arrival by the owner, who'll be acting as my uncle, who owes the school a favor. There, I will be housed, fed, and will find the rest of my clothing. The owner requests I have little to no interactions with him during my stay. Reasonable. I'll be taken to the port via the transforming submarine that will be led by a student in training. It's recommended that little to no weapons are revealed during my job. However, stealth needles will be provided for safety purposes. There will be two small sacks. One will be laced with a powerful tranquilizer, the other a form of psychedelic. So far, the man has claimed an estimate of 15 victims within the last two weeks. The media has been working hard to cover up the missing children until I return from my mission in order to ensure there is no one who wishes to intervene. Alright, it appears that they covered everything to make up for the very little that is known, which is good. Though, I just wish I had a bit more to work with in terms of appearance, or at least voice, mannerisms, something. You'll also be given a communication device in the ship. This is just to tell us if you had forgotten anything. That way we can transport it to you without risk of raising any attention. It will vaporize exactly one hour after your arrival to the end. So be sure to unpack quickly, she adds with a cautious, ser cautiously serious demeanor. Do you have any questions? Silently, 
I shake my head and pile all the papers together, sliding them to the middle of the table. She smiles, nods, and does the same with the file on her side. And after a few seconds, all of the papers and evidence go up in flames. I watch as the colors shift and change between red, orange, and blue, then slowly dissipate to embers and finally, ash. I would also like to add, I raise my eyebrows, locking in on hers, this is a kill mission. Though given your record, I doubt you'll have much of a problem with it. But in the end, I still need confirmation. Do you understand your assignment? Without a word, I nod, and she signals me to stand up and head out. I give her a slight bow and, with a deep breath, exit the office, making my way to the submarine across the way. Alright, and that is the uh, short story for Shrouded Personas called Disciple 2. Basically, that's the um, uh, title that uh, Timber the main character was given back when she was in school. Um, uh, and yeah, I'll be making a second part to that story for the 2024 collection, where she actually goes on the mission and returns. Just because the short story is getting so long, I'd figure I'd cut it up off there. So yeah, check out my novels on Amazon and Kobo, link in the description. Check out Crave Ryan Club Premium on Patreon and Spotify, link in the description. Check out Quill and Scroll Stash in the description. Check out the Crave Ryan Club Discord server in the description. Check out my personal Instagram at dark underscore night underscore wolves. And it is now time to bring this meeting to an end. And hopefully everyone will absolutely love this story and buy thousands of copies of my 2023 short story collection.